So we've done villains, Disney villains in the Marvel universe. What about Disney heroes in the Marvel universe, which would fit well, which would you like to see? And I still, have you got notes? I have notes, Paul. (laughs) Because what I thought would be fun is if I redid the Avengers in Disney hero form. (laughs) Oh, clever. Yeah, okay. So I've got Merida from Brave as Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Because she's a sharp, sharp shooter. Sharp shoot, yeah. I've got, it's controversial, I've had arguments about this today, Esmeralda as Iron Man, because she's got that charisma. Okay. If she had the suit, she would be able to do his moves. Yeah, I guess she can dance very well. Yeah, but she doesn't just dance. She, like, uses those dance moves to attack people. She That's true, she does. And also, like, her little pet goat could be a mini Iron Man, the Iron Goat. That's one of her, like, many, many other Iron creations. Hercules as Captain America, because he's earnest and super soldiery. and Not Hercules as Thor, because he's a no. god. We've got controversial double options for Thor, you'll see. Oof, this, we're uh, only a minute into this podcast. Oh, sorry. Mulan, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. And then, okay, so me and Chris argued about Thor. So he reckons Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> and I said Maui, because he's... He's a god who's also, uh, you know, a bit silly, but he has the powers and stuff and a tool. So mm. who do you think is right? I would put Hercules as Thor just because it's the it's the mythology and the and no. they, even dress, they even dress very similar. You have to go with one of our two options. You can't move Hercules along. <laughs> oh, OK. You can have Kronk or Maui. Hercules is Captain America. Because- I go Mau- Maui because of the gods thing. Yes. And then I had Tarzan as Hulk because he's a bit beastie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Tarzan. Elsa is the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. And Jeannie is Vision. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Elsa and Jeannie together. That would be interesting. It would be a good power. It would be horrifying, actually. You wouldn't want to go for Bert and Lucy. You'd freeze. But I, would, I, would, I wouldn't like to have the Jeannie in anything now, now that Robin Williams is no longer with us. It's no point, really. Well, apparently Will Smith was an all right Jeannie. I haven't seen the new film. Oh, he's all right. Yeah, I saw it. It's an okay. It's it's like an okay film. Although apparently um, lots of the extras in the film had their skin darkened to fit in with the setting. Ooh. There were lots of white extras who had this. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, no. like it's, I saw there was an article in like the last week where I found out about that. And uh, that made me dislike the film quite a bit, really. Yeah, that's awful. That's like mm. old school Hollywood when everyone was just like, yes, why not? Why hire it's, people? It's something that they kept quite quiet as well, apparently. And um, and now it's sort of come out into the open a bit more, but not had the coverage it should have, in my opinion. Well, but... neither did the Mulan thing. Didn't they film it in those villages where they're, atta- they're, they're hurting the Muslims? They might have done. And then the lead, the lead of Mulan is a bit of a Trumpy, Trumpy Trump. <laughs> Oh dear. As well. So yeah, yeah. We're not, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that for now. We're gonna talk about silly irreverent things. Oh sorry. Yes. So yeah. those were the ones I thought. I thought it was good to make a little squad. And I thought all those guys worked. Oh, you did a proper squad. I just went through and thought, well, do you think that Prince Philip from the Sleeping Beauty could be the Captain America type? Mm, he's very earnest for sure. I wouldn't say he does that much impressive stuff though. He kills that dragon, sure. I'll give him credit where it's due. But it's with with help fairies. from the fairies. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think that he's actually 
all that, you know? He does manage to get through the Forest of Thorns within about 30 seconds. It would take me so much longer. I'd still be there now. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. I'd be like, oh, I'll find someone else. Yeah, she wasn't, we didn't even know each other that well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she has 17 lines in the whole movie. I mean. Four of them were aimed at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought I thought Hercules was my immediate thought because he has like he has powers. He's one of because I was thinking of male Disney heroes or like yeah. Disney heroes that identify as male, and he's one of the few that does actually have like actual powers. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas many others, although they encounter magic in the story, are not like powerful in themselves. Elsa. <laughs> yeah, but male. Oh yeah, you wanted. To, okay, I see. No. To, I'm thinking uh, of like like um, the the beast in Beauty and the Beast. He's not magic in himself, but he gets turned into a beast. And isn't but he could be a Hulk? He's so much better as the beast than the prince. So I think yes, having something where he returns the beast form frequently would be very nice. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah, he can. He's he's a, he's a suits a Hulk thing. Tarzan's a good one though because he, I guess he'd have sort of like the powers of gorillas but he'd learned them from growing up with gorillas rather than being like a magic power. Well, yeah. And if you watch that film, like he does do, it's not even a little bit realistic with the stuff he does because he's like, oh, I'm going to surf down this vine and I'm going to throw myself across the forest and catch one last tree. And Imagine how many blisters he has on the palms of his feet. I don't want to see his feet. I think that would be the stuff of nightmares. It would just be like, um, what do you get on your feet? Veruca Central, just grapes and infections and things like that yeah yeah it'd be horrible they'd basically be like hobbit feet i reckon yeah oh probably the skin would probably like hard let's not talk about it it's disgusting um but yeah he does do he does do crazy stuff maybe um quasimodo he's very good he'd have an interesting backstory in that he's it would be kind of interesting because he he wouldn't be as like gorgeous as the others are Hmm. Let's face it, everyone's ridiculously attractive. Even the villains are quite attractive in Marvel. But he'd be there as like, you know, he's earnest, he's strong. He can swing on ropes and ring bells in a very tuneful way. And he really, really steals the audience's heart. That little bit where he he breaks the little playing card in half with the heart on it. And you're like, oh, his little heart's broken. I break in the tiara at the end of Mean Girls, yeah. It is, yeah, there's just so much going on there. I would, I would support that. Ah, uh, I mean, Robin Hood, for picking gorgeous ones, the fox and Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Like he's he be he be good Hawkeye. Yeah, he would actually. He's a good shot. I'll give him that. <laughs> and he has got the voice that just makes you go. Ooh. I think many people had him as their first crush, and then I tried to talk to a psychologist about this for a piece I wanted to do for work, which was like you know how we all fancied animated characters as kids, and she was like, I don't think we did. So that put that piece to bed. And I was like, well, now you've made me feel crazy. So I don't care for you. <laughs> I don't think we should shame people for fancying animated characters when they are drawn to a ridiculous standard. Yeah, look at Gaston. I mean, I didn't fancy Gaston because he's evil, but he is drawn in a way that is meant to attract the eye. Exactly. And not not a Disney character, but look at Sterling Archer. Mm, yeah, he is very attractive drawing. <laughs> I guess that's the whole point is that he's like insane. Yeah, and you would never date him. What made you decide to only look at male characters? Uh, Because I thought I'd, you know, we've got quite a few episodes left, so I thought we'd do female ones on another episode. (laughs) Oh, I see, okay. It wasn't just you deciding that women are intrinsically weaker. No, 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 no. I'm not. (laughs) I was like, what a segue for you, Paul. (laughs) 
I thought you were team liberal. <laughs> well, no, like, you know, you bring in, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's not even a real question, is it? It's just a silly bit of banter before the episode starts. So we can yeah. talk about anything. I just thought about the male ones personally. Pocahontas would be good as well, wouldn't she? Pocahontas would kick ass. Like, she's got about five high-paid personal trainers, a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Native Americans had this stuff, but apparently they did. They do. They're very good at, yeah. And she's got a talking tree. Yes, it does. As her muse, yeah. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. I think Hercules, though, is obviously the most obvious and correct choice for the world of heroes. Exactly, yeah. I think if you had the Avengers and you wanted to add in a Disney character, he'd be the first one to go to because of the super strength, because of the god things. You'd have a really good, like, rivalry between him and Thor, but obviously they overcome their rivalry by the end and they are friends. Who would you have play live-action Hercules? Hmm... I have absolutely no idea. I'd need someone young, and I'm not like I'm not very clued up on who's young and hip at the moment. All I know is I'm like Hugh Jackman. He's still good looking, isn't he? Timothy Chalamet, I only know of because of like you know Twitter. Timothy Chalamet. He played Hercules Hercules at the start, and then gradually replace him. (laughs) I remember they were talking about a live action Hercules, and they were talking Chris Pratt for the role, and I really didn't think that worked personally. No, because he's meant to be like 18. He's got to be like a very young, like not a hair on his body kind of thing. Yeah, he'd be like a Zac Efron of high school musical era. Mm, mm. Which is why I'm not, I'm just not clued up on who is... Harry Styles? How old is he now? <laughs> I, is think Harry, I think Harry Styles is like late 20s. You want someone... What about, who's the guy in... Um, am I going to have to Google Noah, Noah Centineo. Am I saying that right? Centineo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how to say it, but I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 one of the the young Gen Z people. I say this like flapping my arms like a chicken. I know that's what they do. I've seen them on the TikToks <laughs> doing their top ticks. <laughs> yeah. Oh geez, no, I don't know. I don't know. Well, because we're not attracted to young people, thank God. So we don't know who's young and hip and cool. If there's any Gen Gen Zers listening to this, please tell us who's hip at the moment. We want to update ourselves a bit. Timothy Hercules, in your opinion. (laughs) The only person we know is Timothy Chalamet. I'm ashamed of (laughs) (laughs) him. And he's playing up right for the role. (laughs) Answers on a postcard. Answers on a postcard. Mm. Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Shall we go on to talk about Captain America Civil War? Yes, because I'm so intrigued to know your thoughts. We've, I, think, I feel like this is the official start of Phase 3, because this is the first film of Phase 3, right? Yeah, and it really, there's a lot going on in it, isn't there? Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. <laughs> The, so, I saw what it was trying to do in that it's bringing all these characters in, plus a couple of new ones. It's assembling them in a way that the original Avengers did not quite assemble. <laughs> but I 
weren't all there at the time, were they? There's, what, there's more pieces to assemble now. It's like you've done you've done the 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 Lego airship, and now you're doing the whole airport. <laughs> yeah. That's and um, but I felt like this film was absolute chaos. Ooh. Quite frankly, yeah. I That's... this is going to be in my lower quartile. I didn't like this very much. I did think you wouldn't like it because I did. Well, I just based on the films you have liked and haven't liked, mm. it didn't feel very you. But it is quite well loved among the Marvel. Of course, it is. because it obviously it it pays homage to so many comic book heroes, and everyone's like, oh, "This person's on screen. This person's on screen." There's so many people on screen. So I think cool. being someone who's still still a bit of a newbie to this whole universe, I don't. That that sort of stuff didn't excite me in that way. I was kind of like, oh, we've got Ant Man, oh, Hawkeye's back, oh, now we've got a Spider Man, and um, Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, we got a Spider because there's now like loads of Spider Men, and uh, but that didn't excite me in the same way. I felt like it was sort of just running on that, being like, look, we'll get the audience excited just because we have Paul Rudd as Ant Man, just because we got Tom Holland as Spider Man, just because Vision and Scarlet Witch are both in it as well and involved in it, and it it I, I felt like because it's just running on that it didn't it didn't have anything else i guess the thing is with this one is it's it's, it's more about themselves turning on each other rather than there being a baddie it's about this because it needs to plant that fractured but whole <laughs> if you mm. played that south park game probably not um <laughs> they've got one called the fractured butthole which is basically <sighs> war it's where all the little superhero personas of the south park kids all split apart and form their own factions i love that i love that pun that's like the sound of music one when the the, the mother superior says to mary mary what is it you can't face <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that um but some people were really into it and some people said you know is it a civil war so much as like expanding your brand like it just I felt like it was more of a squabble that just got extended for two and a half hours. Mm. And I think it was, I just, it needed more to it. I, I'm thinking of that big fight scene they have in the airport. And Which I is just a lot felt, fun. You have to admit it's a lot of fun. It's fun-ish, but it just went on and on and on. And I was like, basically, you're having a bit of an argument. There's no urgency here. There's no sense of danger. You're all just throwing your toys out your pram and I'm like I don't want to see that I want to see the world in danger like if the world was in danger at the same time like actually in danger you'd be a bit like come on guys there'll be a bit more urgency and be like you need to make up please please and you'd be a bit more emotionally involved but it's not in danger the bad guy's not destroying the earth the bad guy's just you know he's he's upset and that's it I guess the thing is you have to see that all the Avengers movies henceforth are pretty much stepping stones to a bigger story mm. so it's more like one movie i guess that's been cut up into chapters yeah yeah if I did... as an episode then you know it would be a bit different to you maybe that's what i i got because it was called captain america civil war but it felt more like the avengers 2.5 like somewhere between the two avengers films. A critic has dubbed it avengers 2.5 <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Look, look at me knowing critic things. And I think actually one of the um, cast members called it Avengers 2.5 and I can't remember which one it was. I don't remember which one it was, but that was widely what it was referred to at the time, Avengers 2.5. It didn't do a lot for me. I wanted I wanted a bit more impetus to the plot 
I felt like it was just let's get all these characters in and make them say things and fight things and that's it. And then at the end, we're going to have a little bit of a showdown and that's it. It was no, I was like two two and a half hours of that. That's long. Like this was the first one where I felt a bit bored sometimes. Mm, Well, one of my questions was going to be, how did you feel about the length of it? Because it is the longest Avengers film so far, Marvel Mm. so far, Marvel film. It. I didn't feel like it needed this length um yeah I felt like or if it did if it is this length you need more in there i i wanted the so the bad guy is this guy who it gradually turns out his family died in sokovia and he's basically looking to tear the avengers apart as vengeance mm-hmm. which is a good motive like not that i'm not I'm nothing against that but i wanted him to be more like a sort of i think it would have been better if he was more like an iago figure where they all know him but they don't realize what he's doing to them yeah I quite like that a lot of your criticisms of films are because you thought of a better plot for them. That's always the case with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they should have written it like this. And it's like, well, they didn't. So yeah, <laughs> based on what they've done. But I, felt, I didn't feel like he, at the end, it's revealed that he's like, I want to tear the Avengers apart because you did this and this to me and all that stuff. I didn't feel like he was very active in that. I felt like his job was done for him because it already, there was a bit of a rift between them when basically the the world is um uh kind of divided with the avengers they kind of like them because they're saving the day but also they're team americaing the fuck out of it like they're destroying buildings innocent people are dying in the fights and people are getting upset about it so the avengers are torn between either becoming staying as a private organization which is what captain america wants or becoming a un regulated group Mm. which is actually one of the questions i wanted to ask you it's not part of my quiz but Mm. whose side were you on 100% 100% on Iron Man's side with the UN group idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and this was, again, this was a problem that immediately I saw was I didn't, I don't feel like they fully explore Captain America's side. I felt like they would, I felt like the writing was just on his side and that was it because he's so American in that, but we have to be heroes. And well, I kind of think that they, they laid that groundwork in previous films because they have stuff like Hydra. They have the fact that S.H.I.E.L.D. was secretly making those weapons in the background. They have all this corruption under the surface. And he said he doesn't want to be controlled by someone because you don't always know their motives. He wants to be in full control of himself. I see. Okay. That is so American. It is very American. I agree. But that's kind of where they put the groundwork in. Like, think of all his storylines are like double agenty, sneaky, 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 like jumping around, finding out that Nick Fury is keeping stuff under wraps. Vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got that. I just, uh, being, being a slightly more socialist European, I was very much like, well, you are destroying a lot of buildings and you've just had, um, you just had Alfred Woodward approach you about her son dying in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. And then this bad guy also has had his family die in Sokovia. Um, so maybe you do want to think about the way you're acting here. I felt like Captain America was just refusing to acknowledge the fact that innocent people have ended up dying quite unnecessarily sometimes. And obviously it's not totally his fault, but it it was a bit, it just, it was a bit frustrating. I didn't feel like they explored that at all. I think they just had him as that being America and didn't do anything with it. Were you surprised at who joined each team? I can't remember who joined each team. This was another problem. I could not keep up with who was on which side because there was so freaking many of them. <laughs> well, okay, I, hang on. It's hard for me to remember. So Captain, no, let's do Iron Man because I remember his team better. He's got Black Widow. Mm, Iron Man is Black Widow. Yeah, War Machine. Um, uh, war, yeah, um, uh, Vision. Yeah. 
but Scarlet Witch is on Captain America's side. Uh-huh. Um, he's got Spider-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Whereas Captain America has Falcon, mm-hmm. Bucky, sort of, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I can't remember who else now. <laughs> oh, and also um, they had Black Panther, didn't they? Oh, he's oh Black, Black Panther, Panther, who is on... Iron Man's side. Iron Man's side, okay. He kind of veers, because he's kind of like, he's got a slightly different mission to him. He's on his own little sort of pathway, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but I would say he's more Iron Man's side. Mm, yeah. And I guess these are the sort of superheroes who work quite openly. Like Iron Man's always been like, I'm Tony Stark. Hello. And, mm. you know, I, I feel like they're all quite, some of them are undercover, but they, they're very much like working for the city. They're very, they don't mm. work behind the shadows. Whereas Catch America, because he's like dead. I don't think he's really liked being the propaganda person before. And Captain America had more of the family people on his side. Like Ant-Man has a family. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye as well has a family. And he was yeah. on Captain America's side. Um, so I saw that divide. The only time I really fully understood who was on which side was during that airport fight where they're fighting each other and stuff. And eventually it had sort of six of them on one side and six of them on the other. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to pause it and be like, right, hang on. Let's just work this on out now. <laughs> well, and they all keep swapping sides as well. Which is- I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's based on a, a comic what the comic series Civil War so mm. it's not like they came up with the idea just to mess with you but I can see maybe it would have worked better if they'd split it into two movies and spread it out a little bit maybe possibly there was a lot crammed into it I think it would have worked better if the bad guy was more active in dividing them yeah um, and therefore when like Loki like Loki yeah a bit more like Loki um and like I said more of an Iago figure where he's very he would be much more sort of manipulative and they think he's a good guy and then it turns out he's actually a bad guy with like a secret Mm -hmm. um and uh that would make I think the the big sort of finale of it a lot more interesting because I also felt like when it got to the end and you had Captain America and Iron Man sort of fighting each other and uh, the bad guy reveals that he has the family who died in Sokovia. I also felt a bit disappointed by that because we'd already had someone verbally attack Iron Man because of the same reason. So mm. I thought there'd be uh, an even stronger motivate, like something even higher than that. But it wasn't, it was exactly the same. And I, I saw what they were doing. Yeah, but... I mean, more than one person was affected by that. And it is good to see consequences for their behavior because sometimes you totally. just see explosions and you're like, Oh, well, we'll move on with our lives. <laughs> this is like, no, you kill people and people are still grieving. And I mean, mm. there's never no such thing as, what I guess is interesting is here is it's like not just a black and white villain. It's someone who's mm. driven by something very human and understandable. Yeah, yeah. I, I just felt like he was so much on the periphery. Like I kept forgetting he existed when he wasn't there. Mm. I think and it was, you know, and you've got a really good actor. It's Daniel Brühl, who's in all sorts of things and he's very good, but I wasn't engaged with him at all. And therefore I think because it, there wasn't that imperative for the Avengers to be together as one group, mm-hmm. I just felt like they were just fighting a lot and it was all a bit sort of dead space mm-hmm. in my, in my personal opinion. Well, that's fine. Why don't we look at little, little bits, little pockets. Let's go for it. So we said, um, we also get a bit of backstory with Tony Stark as well and his family. And it starts off with in 1991, Bucky is Bucky, Bucky is sort of under the control of the Russians 
and he crashes a car and steals what looks like some ice packs, but it's sort of just like powerful things, I guess, <laughs> from there. Valerie was really hungry for picnic food. I don't know. <laughs> he just, he, his, his, his things were melting in his frozen. <laughs> he needed some ice packs. Desperate times. And then we go to Lagos, where the Avengers are on a mission uh, uh, to stop a terrorist guy from stealing biochemical weapons. Was this guy in a previous film? I don't remember him at all. Which guy, sorry? The guy who had the, the iron mask on, who was stealing like the biochemical weapons, mm. Lagos. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's referenced. Oh, okay, fine. Well, they seem to know each other. Yeah. But they, they, they stop him, but this was an example of how through their actions, it's very Team America. Like they're saving the day, but also destroying a lot at the same time and potentially putting a lot of innocent people in danger. Stand. Not through their fault. They've got to do something, but yeah the cleanup is horrendous <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't want to work in the behind the scenes crew for the poor shield they should do something on the cleanup crew at shield going in fixing it all they would they want like to, to see the team of cleaners bringing their van in and seeing you know a building crumble being like oh, <sighs> not again <laughs> yeah i would enjoy that as a sort of spin-off comedy series there, is there one there is a reference in the incredibles at the very beginning when he's being interviewed and he's like i feel like the maid we just i just cleaned up this mess can we keep it clean for 10 minutes <laughs> yeah we also get a little insight into uh then tony stark's youth and the young robert downey jr looks like rob lowe i thought that was hilarious how he looked <laughs> and we see howard stark the older version of howard stark and his mother. We never seen his mother before. I don't think. No, and it wasn't Peggy. So it wasn't Peggy. I'm very no. upset about that. <laughs> I thought that made most sense. I don't think it confirms anything. Like he doesn't. He might not necessarily know that Peggy's his mother. Secrets. But anyway, they. Um, uh, yeah. So they and he makes some reference to how they went off. Uh, from so he's having like a little sort of virtual flashbacky thing and his parents left and he sort of says how he never saw them again alive after that they you get the sense that they died and that come, they come back to that a bit later on mm-hmm. in the film um but now we then get um the sort of the the main debate of the film where um the guy who was in hulk the hulk uh, the william hurt from hulk is the stuffy bureaucratic government guy don't like him um <laughs> And he's saying to the Avengers, you're making too much mess. So we need to make you a UN approved, like UN regulators, basically. Um, and like 117 countries or something have signed the Accords, which is like a basically a policy where they've said, yes, we agree with that. Yeah, which um, most people probably would sign. I know. This is where I'm, I'm like, a Captain America obviously doesn't like it because he's super, super American. Whereas, and where I'm, if I was there, I'd be like, it sounds like a good idea. Maybe we should think about this. I know, maybe you should say it's because he's American. I think it's because he's meant to be afraid of corruption from above and he doesn't want to be like, become a tool in someone else's hands. I know. I it's just, I, I don't feel like he really put his point across. He kept being like, but we have to be heroes. We, you know, we have to save people. People are in danger and stuff. And I'm like, explain yourself better here, <laughs> Steve. But he's not known for his smarts. No, he's not. He is a bit. <laughs> bit dim isn't he he is bless him he's very earnest vision does make a good point he says there is a growth in catastrophes whilst there has also been a growth in powerful people and he says something like as the powerful people grow uh, the impetus to destroy them also grows and i guess that's a reference to the fact that as you make more sort of military weapons and stuff another country will also do the same thing and it kind of grows and grows and grows and grows until 
like yeah. uh, it all just kind of collides and that was a good little philosophical moment peggy dies bless her heart bless her heart yes it was very sad no more peggy carter and it turns out that the gal from winter soldier is peggy's niece yeah sharon she... carter sharon <laughs> he's always attracted to people from the same gene pool apparently yeah yeah but you know she's hot so she is and he has a type but it's fine um, there's a big sort of di- diplomatic meeting in Vienna, um, which gets bombs to prevent. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is this turns out that the bad guy has posed as Bucky, the Winter Soldier, to make it look like he's the one bombing it. And this kind of this is like his one act of turning the Avengers against each other. Um, and Black Panther is also there. And I knew it was Bla- I just knew it was Black Panther because it's Chadwick Boseman. So yeah, he's he's a legend. He is a legend, yeah. And Black Panther's dad dies in the bomb. So that sort of draws him into this narrative. And that's his pathways. He wants vengeance for his father, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a proper Avenger. He's there avenging. He's, he's literally doing what it says on the tin, yeah. He is. And technically so is Robert Downey Jr. at some point, but we'll get to that. Exactly, yeah. Um, in that sense, he's very Disney, isn't he? Being driven by the death of his father to do something. Mm, mm. Fathers always die in Disney. Yeah, yeah. Look at Lion King sets it up immediately. That's the, it does, yeah. that's the iconic one. You're like, well, you have to become better. There's the parallel. Although Black Panther doesn't have an uncle who takes over. So not that we know of. Not that we know of, no. <laughs> Eventually, like Captain America, Black Panther, Falcon, Bucky are all kind of arrested. There's like a big chase scene. They're all kind of um well, they're chasing after Bucky because they think Bucky's done it and he hasn't done it. Yeah. Um then Black Panther wants vengeance on him, even though he hasn't done it. And they're all kind of arrested by everyone's like, guys, cool down. It's like a sort of bar fight kind of thing. It was very like a bar fight. That whole scene is quite fun though, the chase scene. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was good. A chase scene is always good. I love a chase scene. I love a heist. I love a chase. Um, and then you have the bad guy who's somewhere between Russian and German. He's Sokovian, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which is somewhere between Russian and German. <laughs> He's interrogating Bucky and he has that red book with the star on. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this so these are kind of like words that um activate the winter soldier? Yes, they're like basically brainwashing hypnosis kind of words. I love that they were random words. Mm-hmm. It was like nine cupboards, snorkel. Well, I actually have in my quiz later, can you remember what the words are? And I sent you do not, so that would be fun. To say. <laughs> I'm gonna get that one wrong, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> The baddie tries to get Bucky out. He sets off a bomb that causes like a power cut, but Mm -hmm. he is not ultimately successful in that. Uh, But that's, there's a sort of a big fight scene in that. I like that you're now ranking people on how successful they are. You're like, not ultimately successful, but he does all right. Good job. When you get right down to it, he's kind of a weak villain. When we had like the guy with the electric whips, we've had Loki, we've had literally an army of dark elves. Now we've got this guy who's just not quite, not quite getting there. Sometimes it's good to have someone who's not quite good at what they do, though. <laughs> um, and Bucky reveals that he's not the only Winter Soldier. There's been other, like, a whole group of trained assassins who are kind of like the male version of what Black Widow comes from. Yes. Oh, I no. feel like this was pertinent information that he should maybe have shared earlier, but I'm glad that he does share it. Maybe a couple of films ago, I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> I'm not the only one. There's many, many brainwashed Winter Soldiers. Just um, drop it into conversation over brunch. I know, I know. It's 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 pretty simple. It's just one sentence. It's all you needed to say. 
And this is when it all kind of heats up, like um, between the two sides in the Avengers and um, Captain America goes off and, and Iron Man goes off and they're both kind of recruiting people. So all of a sudden um, Hawkeye is back into it and he helps Wanda to get away from Vision. Vision's been asked by Iron Man to kind of keep Scarlet Witch in a building. Yeah, and they have their little, you know, romantic. They're having they have a little budding relationship, mm-hmm. bless them. Which I guess is setting up for Wonder Vision. I guess it might be. Look at so, you figuring things out from their titles. <laughs> I know I'm so clever. I see the clues and I deduce things. I'm very proud of you. Um, then Ant Man's suddenly into it, and Peter Parker is suddenly in it, and Aunt May has glowed up. Yeah, I love that they've made. I actually, because I love the the Spider Man comics, and he is younger than all the other films make. And Aunt May, I think it, it's nice having a younger Aunt figure. Mm. It does kind of make sense because um, he's meant to be like what eighteen in virtually yeah. all the film versions, and Aunt May is usually about seventy. Yeah, I'm like, are you great, Aunt May? No one's yeah. as great. I assume you must be, but yeah, it makes way more sense. And I love her and Robert Downey Jr.'s chemistry. Yeah, I do too. I liked, I, I, I didn't feel like Tom Holland made a great impression, but I liked the jokes they made about how young he is. There's a bit in the fight scene where he goes, remember that old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? And they're yeah. like, how old is this kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really want to see you. I want to talk to you about Spider-Man Homecoming because obviously you are a Spider-Man poor. <laughs> yeah. Now you know how it feels. But um, the tables I, are turned. I want to know what you think of it. Yeah. Yep, we will get to it and I will have opinions, I'm sure. This all culminates in this big fight at the airport between them to represent the rift that we have between the two sides of the Avengers. And as I said, I just, I didn't feel like there was any kind of urgency with this. I was like, they're not going to kill each other, I assume. Um, The bad guy's not involved in this. They're just having a massive bar fight and it's going on for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But you do get to see them all in different Ant-Man impresses everyone I think of his moves he comes across as like the dork and no one really expects very much from him mm. same with Spider-Man really those two come across like who are these guys and then they they kick butt yeah and he he becomes giant as opposed to small so I guess it's Ant-Man. like he's Ant-Man but he's he it's just his whole size can fluctuate completely with his with his magic suit so Giant Man was hidden from all the trailers and all the merchandising and stuff and then as soon as the film came out they dropped all these Giant Man's bits for the kids to enjoy oh really oh fun yeah that's a fun idea yeah it is it, it, it there is there are fun and i can see why it would be fun in that you see each of them demonstrating their power mm. on another one and then yeah. demonst- getting their power demonstrated back um yeah. i just i i just like yeah i just felt like it just went on for so long i know but you gotta remember the sort of people this is aimed at they enjoy the action scenes they do yeah it's true and i can see it would have appeal to someone who does enjoy this and yeah it was very spectacular and i like that they had it in i think the whole the setup was good in that they had it in an airport so you it was empty but also you had kind of planes and stuff around who could get knocked over and destroyed and that sort of thing. It's a bit, it felt a bit like a video game in that, you know, you, you end up in a fight in a certain arena and sometimes yeah. you have to use what's around you to b- battle the, you know, your enemy or whatever. And that was like you liked from Ant-Man as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was I'm thinking of uh, fight scene, thinking of fight scenes that I've liked, like um, in Avenger, the first Avengers film, the whole attack on the big ship 
in the sky there's again the bad guy's not there he sort of does something then runs away and then they've all got to suddenly kind of survive and that that goes on a bit but there's that impetus Mm. and I felt with this one there wasn't that but I guess it's because you kind of want to be like guys stop fighting stop it (laughs) you all need to calm down (laughs) yeah I mean it's the teacher in you isn't it it is really yeah yeah I guess I see this all the time (laughs) (laughs) everyone needs to just stop fighting right this second actually what you say about family is very interesting like the family men being on Captain America's side because I guess if they were being run by the UN then their whole lives would be very public and their family would be at risk is that what you meant yeah yeah yeah. So that is a very good driving force for those guys. It is. And then the the ones on the other side are a little bit more they, yeah. they can stand on their own quite easily. Like um Tony Stark's school is millions, Black Widow's got her, you know, fighting skills. Um, and they're to kind of, I guess from that, there's they can be a bit more objective about the whole issue and think, well, maybe we need to look into this side of things. Whereas the other side are more driven by fear, I guess. And also Wanda being on Captain America's side, like she lost her brother yeah. um, and stuff. So they're probably driven more by emotions, whereas the Iron Man side are driven more by sort of engaging with politics and thinking a bit more maybe. Yeah, I guess so. And also Peter's so new. I guess maybe it's more like, I'm, I'm a superhero now. I'm one of the Avengers. I got the sense that he just took the side of whoever got to him first, because now he's got a chance to be, you know, super cool and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think him and Tony Stark have a really nice relationship, which mm. just developed later on. But it's also because he's like, loves science and he really admires him. So, yeah, that's true. Him. And he is lacking a father figure in his life. Have you ever seen videos of it's Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan roasting Tom Holland mm, yes. in interviews? <laughs> it's very, very funny. They sort of, they try and depict him, obviously, as a joke, as like this little sort of He's a teenage diva who needs his own red carpet and juice boxes and stuff. And <laughs> it's very, very funny. <laughs> they all seem to have quite a nice relationship off screen, actually, which is nice. They have quite genuine feeling banter. Yeah. Mm. Um, the fight ends and some of them get put in like this prison in the sea. They yeah. get in the sea. Um, I, like, I like that there's always something wild in the world of Avengers. A prison in the sea, <laughs> a floating ship. You know, there's always something going on. Well, you can't put them in, you can't put them in like Wandsworth prison because they'll get out easily. Yeah, and it would inspire all those other prisoners to be naughty as well. So they have to be put in what is basically Azkaban. <laughs> yeah, it's Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Captain America, Tony Stark, Bucky and secretly Black Panther go to the baddies base Mm-hmm. Um, where they find that the army of winter soldiers have now been killed mm. by the baddie mm-hmm. um, and he revealed it's so various things get revealed the baddie reveals that his family died in Sokovia and that's why he wants to you know get rid of the Avengers turn them against each other but we also discover that uh, when Bucky crashed the car in 1991 it was Tony Stark's parents so yeah. that is another little wedge to drive in although i could i did kind of think like iron man surely knows that bucky was under control of someone else so i know but i think it's hard to think how you would react in that situation yeah i guess and it's not very cinematic of him to be like well it's okay you were under mind control yeah and i think he's clearly not dealt with his feelings around that grief so it's still quite raw for him despite happening a while back yeah and i think grief leads to anger as we learned from Star Wars <laughs> leads to hate leads to the dark side so mm, here we go mm, mm, yeah 
And Captain America knew about it. Yeah, that is the see, that's a bit more of a the betrayal. I think that's the betrayal seed that gets under Robert Downey Jr.'s skin. Yeah, maybe. But then he didn't say he knew, he said he suspected, but you wouldn't say anything on suspect. There was no proof at the time. I, I just don't know why he says it. I'm like, look. Yeah, just be like, no. Just be like, I can't believe this. I did not know about this. Jesus. I knew nothing. Honestly. He's just too honest for his own good, isn't he? That damn American values. (laughs) Yeah, I knew. I just didn't tell you because I thought, why would I tell you that thing that you've been looking to understand for years and years? And we're friends. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Tony Stark and Captain America fight even more. But it, the fight doesn't really conclude. It's sort of, they eventually like get so exhausted that they just have to kind of leave or something. And he dropped, uh, oh, he, um, uh, Tony starts with something like, I made, I made that shield, you don't deserve it or something. So Captain America's like, fine, I won't have the shield then. I know, I'm like, that is quite a good shield. <laughs> I would have kept it personally, but maybe he can come up with something else. <laughs> I guess it's awkward. It's not, it's like when someone you've betrayed says, I made that, you can't be like, well, I'm keeping it. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit rude. It's like a breakup, isn't it? You're like, I don't know, but people don't normally demand their birthday presents back that they've given people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you back. We're no longer friends. What? <laughs> um, but the bad guy is captured and imprisoned by Black Panther slash and Martin Freeman. Yes. He's in Who's there as that? well. An American, which is weird. He's American. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's famous. He can I, be I just find it strange when people who are, who you know is one 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 place suddenly become. It just feels really odd. You're like, what's happening to you? Why are you speaking like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I see what you mean. Um, but it ends with Captain America breaching the prison where the other Avengers are all being kept. But it's just not quite clear who he kind of gets out or what. It's kind of left on a little cliffhanger. So obviously this whole sort of civil war is not fully concluded. It's like, it's the, pre, it's the beginning of phase three. Yeah. So it's I like, see what they're trying to do. Civil war. Yeah. Did you watch the mid-credits and credits? Yeah, we got teasers for Black Panther and Spider-Man, essentially, which, which are coming up quite soon. Then that's that, and that was kind of fun because these are like brand new superheroes. So you're getting like new chronologies. Yeah. And like I know some people don't like the one-off, they prefer the Avengers as a group, but I kind of like them when they're on their own as well. Cause like Ant-Man was just such a tight film. Mm. If you use that as an example. And some of the ones coming up are like some of my favorites. And I even like Thor the Dark World. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? You, you were quite drunk, weren't you? Yeah, maybe I should have watched this film drunk. I watched yeah. it in the afternoon. I had a cup of tea. Oh, uh, you see, that's rubbish. You should definitely always watch it with gin or champagne or whatever it was you were drinking last night. It wouldn't, wouldn't be a very balanced podcast. But again, the For the Dark World episode probably isn't that balanced. <laughs> not at all. And also, I feel like we riled you up because I'm sure we saw you and everyone was telling you how bad it was. And I feel like a little bit of you was like, I'm going to like it to prove them wrong. <laughs> that does sound like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so you didn't like it. That's I didn't. It's not my least favourite, I, it, but it's I just didn't feel very involved with it. I I didn't. I I wanted more from the bad guy. I wanted more from the fight scenes. I wanted more drive in it. Whereas I felt like, like you say, it's sort of an episode. It's more like it's part one of a very yeah. big chronology. But if you're doing a TV series, you can do that because you know you're going to either have the next episode immediately after or 
a new series next year. Whereas you don't know how long it's going to be before the next film. It could be one year, it could be three years, four years. I think also you need to remember is that people are really invested in these characters and friendships and they have so many theories about them. So when like they fall apart, it's Mm. a big deal to them. So they'll go away like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah. Personally, it's not one of my favourites either. Like, it's not one I've gone back and rewatched over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's more because I love little bits of it. Like I love like Spider-Man's banter. I love the Black mm-hmm. Panther chase scene um, and all those little bits. Like, I love Ant-Man meeting everyone and being like a proper fanboy. Like, mm-hmm. that, that really amused me. But I think the tone was really weird. Sometimes it was very light and sometimes it's very dark. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to feel throughout this. And it's a, it's long as well, so... I did feel it didn't need to be that long. Or like I said, if it is that long, they needed just more plot. Mm. There wasn't actually that much plot when you get right down to it. It's basically the two sides of the Avengers fighting over this issue. Mm-hmm. And there's a bad guy who's supporting the, the them fighting. And yeah. that's really it. There's nothing else to it when you get right, when you really dissect it. But yeah. I guess, like you say, people are, people are invested in the characters. It must have been very exciting to see all of them together for the first time and to realize that phase three is going to involve all of them it was very exciting and a lot of them you didn't know were going to be in it as well like Mm. you heard rumors but you were like oh we've got a spider-man oh we've got a black panther we've got all of these amazing people and it's so cool to see them all on screen at the same time like Mm. the black panther thing in particular i remember every time i've been to, to like a press screening or a big event involving any movie that has a little snippet of Black Panther and people go crazy. They scream, they get really excited. Mm. And that I can see why, because he's the first black superhero and he's also awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like he's even just, like he's genuinely good for everyone, but it was always such a big deal. And it's it, nice that everyone's got someone they want to root for. So there's like the Ant-Man people and the Spider-Man people. And, and I did, yeah, the, the the new ones coming in, I, I was thinking, like, I'm excited about the Black Panther film and mm-hmm. I'm interested to see the Spider-Man film just because yeah. different depictions of Spider-Man are quite, I've, I've seen various depictions and this will be, this is one I haven't seen yet. Um, do we know what's happening with who is going to play Black Panther in future films or if they're going to have Black Panther in future films or they haven't decided yet. I think they've they filmed some stuff already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be a real hard one because he's such he is the role and he really like people love him as well, just as much as they love Black Panther. So But that seems to be the case of all of them. Like it's not so much the superhero, it's the person who plays it. The person who plays it yeah. becomes the superhero. They've so marketed I, it in that way, haven't they? Yeah, I always wonder if they might pass the torch on to like one of, I mean, you haven't seen the film yet, but he has a lot of characters who work around him who you could technically like rise up and, like he did for his father, they mm-hmm. could rise up and take his his place as Black so Panther. They won't have Black Panther, they'll have one of his sidekicks become the, like the new Black Panther or like, yeah. yeah. Possibly, I don't know, that's the a theory I've seen going around, like a lot of people are like, Lupita Nyong'o would be very cool, or, mm-hmm. you know, like just, some just someone maybe rather than trying to replace him because that mm. feels tacky like mm. having someone ascend and take the baton from him totally totally yeah yeah i would go with that mm. yeah well that was my that was my my two cents on captain america civil war <laughs> yeah not a fan what would you give out of five and uh mm, two two point five and when you say it's like your least favorite which is your least favorite I think the it's weirdly the first Captain America because the reason I put it so low is I think that the messages it gives out are quite toxic it basically told you that 
to be a real man fighter, you have to be a strong hulking army guy. And even if you, it basically, it was basically saying it's not okay that he's small and weedy and can't fight and has health conditions. And I'm like, that's not the message that you want. And I assume they're not going to do something like that again. (laughs) And that's why, that's why it's so low. But weirdly, the Winter Soldier is my second favorite of all of them. So. Yeah, I remember you love the Winter Soldier. So it's like, like a like a proper heart yeah. rate monitor going up and down for you, isn't I know. it? And again, the Winter Soldier didn't have a lot of plot, really. It was just like, oh, Hydra's in S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. falls. And that's about it, really. I but... wonder because it was a bit tighter again. This is what mm. I mean. It's hard when more and more characters come in. So I am going to be really interested to see how you how you respond to the other Avengers films. Like Endgame, obviously, one and two. Big deal. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, though, because... I do know that Endgame is three hours. I remember people tweeting about this, which mm. maybe is a, a length long enough to get everyone into it and get them to have their moment. Because I did find Avengers Age of Ultron, I thought it was a lot, lot better, but mm. um, there were, like we did say, how it did feel like there was a lot in there and not not all of it quite got the spotlight it needed. Yeah. So maybe you wanted, maybe you wanted this one to be longer. How crazy. All my feedback is very much like, how does Paul feel at this time and how drunk was he when he re- watched the film? <laughs> that's completely fair enough. No, I, I mean, it's, like I say, it's not one of my favourites, but I do see it as a crucial building block in where the journey we're going on. It definitely so. felt like a building block. I'll yeah. give it that, definitely. It's not my least favourite, but it's... Fun to hype, like we say, hype us up for other characters who are coming later. So definitely, definitely. Well, would you like a quiz? I would like a quiz. I love a on quiz. my phone, and I've had it on airplane mode this whole time to try and save the battery. It's on eight percent, and I think. Oh, is it? I'm like, ah! okay. <laughs> Let's see. And if it if it dies, I'll just end the quiz. Okay. <laughs> How much money do you believe it made worldwide? Too much money. Uh, 900 million. No, it's 1.153 billion. Oh, gosh. And that is the highest grossing film of 2016. The fourth highest grossing superhero film of all time. Blah, blah, blah. Third highest grossing film in the US and Canada. Nice. Big deal. Mm. And I think that is, again, like we say, that all the heroes in it. So everyone who only, maybe some people who only go see their heroes will go see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you reckon it got on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm assuming it did actually quite well. I'm going to go with like 90. Yeah, bang on, 90. Really? Woo, getting yeah. good at this. People were like, oh, it's action-packed superhero blockbuster boasting a decidedly non-cartoonish plot and the courage to explore thought-provoking themes. I mean, I go with that. I just... <laughs> so guess, go play the episode back you'll hear what i think <laughs> yeah i guess it is quite smart because it does look at like we say like the consequences and that is something mm. that hasn't really been explored in superhero films before so that is quite thought-provoking in that i agree with that i agree why do you think it was interesting that tony stark had a bit of a why do you think people were shipping tony stark and aunt may essentially oh what for them to have a relationship yeah do they have a relationship in the comic books no, they don't, oh. weirdly. But Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tamai had a relationship in the 90s. And oh, they really? In two films together, one of which is my dad's favourite film of all time, Only You, which is like a romantic drama, okay. and Chaplin. So they have like, oh. they're quite good friends off screen as well. And it was like nice chemistry. I love her. I was really excited when she popped up the first time. That's why I loved the, I loved the film at the time. I was like, oh, Marissa, you're here. 
She is good. And I was like, that's Aunt May. My goodness. Aunt May is gorgeous. <laughs> um, so why was the date it came out on such an integral date it came out? No idea. So it came out on the 75th anniversary of Captain America, the books, the 10th anniversary of the Civil War comic book, and the 50th anniversary of Black Panther. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So Bucky Barnes has been hiding out in Bucharest. Mm-hmm. Why is that relevant? Because Bucharest's travel board wanted to up its tourism. No, Sebastian Stan is a Romanian-American actor. Oh, really? Oh, he yeah. does speak Romanian in it as well. He does, and therefore it's perfect Romanian. He's a very nice man, isn't he, Sebastian Stan? Hmm. He just yeah. seems very nice. I've never seen him in anything else, but yeah. He's very just... He has like a vibe. I feel like I would. You know, enjoy. Romanian is a, a a a romance language, so it's similar to French, Spanish, English, Italian. Oh, fun! Which is really bonkers because you see it on a map, and you're like, Roma- it's like French, Fr- France, Spain, Italy, like all together in Romania, all the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> They're romantic there too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, he is a very romantic hero guy, in my opinion. So that makes sense to me. And hmm. um, how do you reckon they got the younger Tony Stark? Like, who do you reckon they got to play it? Oh, that wasn't Robbie Downey Jr. It was, but he oh. also played it with two other people. Oh, um, does he have a son? I don't think he has children, does he? There's John Slattery and Hope Davis. So he sort of de-aged his face, hmm. used footage and photos of his early career and then sort of splodged it on someone else. Splodged it, ah. Oh. Technical term. Technical yeah. terms, I like it. <laughs> um, I've already told you the answer that this is the... The longest Marvel film at two hours and 27 minutes. So obviously. far. Yeah, obviously Infinity War and Endgame and fuck it up by coming in and being way longer. Their mm-hmm. thing is they like long films now. Um, Bucky does the same thing in each film that he appears in that signals a change in his character. Like beforehand, he does something physical. Is this him losing an arm? No, that will come up at some point. And that does that happens a fair amount to him, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's the second time he's lost his arm in this film. <laughs> uh, no, he falls in a body of water. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they did because they fell into the water from the helicopter, and that mirrored what happened at the end of Winter Soldier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also in First Avenger, he falls into the river during oh. the death scene. Oh yeah. Oh, oh how fun. Um. Did you like the speech at Peggy's funeral? Uh, I don't remember the speech. Oh, Emily Van Camp's speech. Sharon Carter's speech. Sharon. I can't. All I think of is Sharon from EastEnders. Sharon's speech. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's um, it's a speech that Captain America actually makes in Amazing Spider-Man comics. Oh, okay. So it's all about being bold and ignoring what the press says and being true to yourself. Oh, that's nice. And what do you believe the words were to activate the Winter Soldier? I know you don't know, but I'd like to know your thoughts. There were quite a few numbers. There was like a number than a word, a number than a word. Um, but I can't remember the words now. Do you want me to tell you? I'll see yeah, if they were on, on you. Longing, rusted, 17, daybreak, furnace, nine, benign, homecoming, one, freight car. <gasps> Okay, I've been activated. I'm going to go kill someone. <laughs> so some of those words are obviously relevant to him. Mm. And some of them are relevant to just like little Marvel Easter eggs. So Homecoming is obviously the Spider-Man movie that's coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're being sneaky there. They're trying to brainwash us. They're like, yeah. go see our movies. And we're like, okay. 
Um, why do you think that the captain tore off Iron Man's helmet mm. in their fight scene? To look him in the eye? Mm, no. So if he had done, if he hadn't done that before he destroyed the arc reactor, then Tony Stark would have suffocated in there because the suit would have lost power. Right. Oh, okay. So he doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to end the fight. Uh, but it looks quite like he wants to kill him, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, it looks like he wants to kill him. <laughs> so I was going to ask you about the arm, because obviously, as we say, everyone in, you know... Bucky lost his arm again. <laughs> Bloody everyone loses their arm here. Uh, did you spot Stanley? Yeah, he, he delivers a package at the end. And was it improvised? I don't know, but I did like the way he pronounced Tony Stark's name. But I don't think Stan Lee was improvised. I got the impression that um, uh, Don Cheadle and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like, because he said, because Stan Lee comes up and says, I've got a parcel for Tony Stank. And then uh, Rhodes is like, here's Tony Stank. Tony Stank is here. And Robert Downey Jr. laughs in a way that I don't think Tony Stark would act. I felt like that was improvised. I would love it if they were improvising. I think similar to the bit in the first Avengers film where he says, oh, that guy's playing the video game. Yeah, that was good. I think they do often add their own little lines and we'll find out. Mm. Um, who do you think had more screen time? RDJ or Chris Evans? Chris Evans. Yeah, but, ha- but only by five minutes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, originally, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't going to be in the film. <laughs> oh. Because he was only going to be of a small part and he was like, it needs to be bigger, otherwise I'm not going to do it, which is fair enough, I would say. He's... Why not? Um, so then they rewrote the whole thing and made it much bigger. It was more like a two-hander. I felt like they shouldn't have called it Captain America Civil War. They should have just called it like, they should, it should have been like an extra Avengers film, Avengers Civil War. Hmm. It guess- was a bit, because I, I think I went in thinking of something, thinking it would be something else, but it wasn't, it wasn't really Captain America's film, although he's one of the primary players in it. Yeah. It wasn't his film. It was quite an ensemble piece. Yeah, I completely agree, actually. You do go in expecting it to be very much Captain America. Everyone's in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. They do focus a lot on his muscles, though. So maybe that is where we bring it back to him. Maybe, maybe. They called it, um, you know that scene where he's with the helicopter? Yeah, yeah. So they added, he had to train for that role and they added it in because they wanted it to be bicep porn. <laughs> It works. Get a close look at those those arms. And that was my that was my last question. Shall we see what's next? I dread to think because I know you're gonna say it's Agents of Shield season three. It's Agents of Shield season three. Ah, (laughs) I think we should just ban it from the podcast. There's so many of them. Well we've spent way more hours on those characters that we don't even care about than we have anyone else. I know, I know. Well, listeners at home, if you'd like us to hear, like to hear us bashing Agents of Shield and tearing it apart completely, please do tune into the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode. <laughs>